Coming up on OTH, Ray and I nerd out a bit about Ezreal, talk about how it's felt to play on patch 11.3, and preview some patch 11.4 changes. Of course, we also cover our favorite matches of LCS Week 2 and take a look at what's to come in Week 3. We hope you all enjoy Episode 3 of On The Hunt. Welcome everybody to Episode 3 of On The Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I'm your co-host Chris, aka the hot dog killer, because every time I go to Costco, dude, I have to get a hot dog combo. You know, it's hard to argue with that. Every time, dude, without fail. And I put everything <laughs> on it too, except relish, because relish is gross. And joining me on every episode, as always, is our other co-host, Raymond. Hello, loyal listeners. How's everyone doing? Yes, dude. I think um, I think we got a good two, maybe three subscribers on Spotify now. Ooh. We're looking up. <laughs> All right, man. We're we're basically famous now. Yeah, that's like a two hundred percent ROI on yeah. our growth. Yeah, year over so year could, for sure. I think I can safely say that um, uh, we're the fastest growing podcast in the League of Legends space at the moment. You know, I'm not gonna look in any of the numbers on that, and I'll just take your word for it. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not that um, Oracle's Elixir guy. <laughs> just kidding. He's a cool guy though. Um, what's up, man? What you been up to? Uh, you know, I've been up to more of the same, really. Just working away during the week. Um, got some time for a few games in this last couple of days. Had the day off today. That was nice for President's Day, so I fit in some games. Nice, dude. That's what I like to hear. I actually didn't get to play that much this week. I don't even know why. Like, when I think about it, I feel like I blanked out for, like, last Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I, I just don't know what I did the last four days, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of wild, dude. I stayed away. F- I stayed away from Path of Exile this week, so I had some more time. That made it. That made it easier. Oh, fucking! I love when you <laughs> talk dirty to me, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, you said you got some games in, man. How they been going? Uh, you know they've been good. Uh, let's see. I'm thinking. You know, I I just haven't I haven't grinded too much at all or any, anything like that. But uh, I got in some good Earth games. Been I'm 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 like dominating Earth this rotation, dude. I think I've lost like maybe two of like twelve games. So I'm just you know, high tier Earth player, definitely. Um, but got in a few games today. Got to play some some Duskblade Ezreal, another game of like uh, Kraken Slayer Senna, and then I played it. I got filled into jungle in one of our games, so I popped off on Udyr, which was you know the easiest thing in my life to just hard carry on that champion. You're just abusing everything good on the patch, yeah, huh? Exactly. Gotta gotta do it while I can, you know. Tell me a little bit more about that Ezreal, dude. I tried it myself, the dark technology Ezreal. Yeah. Go with the uh Essence Reaver into the Dust Blade. And then if after that you can go right into the uh Hydra. Yeah. Or maybe some other on hit item. How's it feel to you? I think I actually really liked it. I think that the Essence Reaver feels really strong. I played it like a couple times with the uh a Yumi. Um, I'm not that great with playing with Yumi, but I think that the build is, oh, it feels pretty good. Some, I wonder sometimes, um, cause I really liked the one that gives you HP back on hit. The Sunder? Yeah, I really liked Sunder is the problem, but, um, the damage from the Essence Reaver at the power spikes of getting Reaver and then getting Dirk into Dustblade, it feels really good and you get, um, decent amount of CDR from both of those items as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think I, I think I liked it too. Um, definitely, I think every time I've tried it, and most of the times, like I've seen people play it. Like I think I watched Tactical play it on stream, and I was just like, like mind blown at like how much damage he was doing, like trying to hard one v nine in his base. 
but it yeah it definitely seems strong i think i'm like more and more surprised that like you know the power of like the the quick sheen item on ezreal you know not no longer are you spending like 3800 gold to buy trinity force or detouring for a man immune that you still have to stack or anything it's just like straight up buy sheen get ad and lethality on it and like at 4k gold you're pretty strong um so yeah it seemed it seemed good i played it it, it kind of blew today i played it twice and got both times matched up against people who decided they wanted to play Senna and Seraphine bot lane. Uh, so we just basically, my my supporter and I were not able to abuse them, and we uh, got hard outscaled very fast. But it was it was still interesting. I, I tried to do some funky stuff. I went like the first game I went against them because like you have to build executioners against like that much healing. Um, and then I sure. tried to go. So I tried instead of going Duskblade second, I went straight Essence Reaver into Serpent's Fang. It didn't seem that bad, but we were just getting blasted too hard for it to matter, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess now that I think about it, the build components for both Essence Reaver and Dustblade are really cheap, huh? Yeah. Like, getting Warhammer and just Sheen, and then Warhammer again and Dustblade is just, like, ten longswords in this whole build. Yeah, it's so I guess really it's nice. really cool that, like, you can recall it any time, and you'll probably get a, com- a good component in there. Yeah, uh, having Sheen at 700 also is, like, such a nice thing, just generally, like, I feel like you can get just the sheen spike on your first back, like almost always guaranteed. That's awesome, dude. Hey, just a just a nerd out for a second. Do you have like an all time favorite Ezreal build from like throughout the years? Uh, I'll go first if it like helps you. Yeah, you go ahead. You go. I don't know what patch this is, but I want to say my favorite Ezreal build is um, when you would build like Ludens, third or fourth item. So it would be like oh yeah yeah Trinity Force Trinity Force Man Immune or or Iceborn Gauntlet either one and then you would build Ludens or Blade of the Rune King and you would just have like the strongest burst on your W and old and old C wait and your E of course yeah yeah that was like a couple seasons ago I feel like that was um, maybe like season nine after they had changed the mage items right and then you had lots of chapters so it was just a shit ton of mana for your Man Immune too yeah I think that was 2019 around then i i think that's my all-time favorite as real build okay did you like that more than because i think i remember that and i remember that you went to ludens after they changed it so that you couldn't just go double tier items where you would go like man immune first and then your your sheen item and then once you got man immune stacked you would buy another tier so that you could build seraphs because that was what i remember oh, doing dude. just before that patch where you'd go ludens and i like the ludens build too but that that was whack <laughs> <laughs> all right dude is that your is that yours no, I think I have to. Um, let me think. I'm, I'm. I guess that was around the same time. I liked, and I was actually trying this today with the Essence Reaver build. Um, was when you would go Lethal Tempo on Ezreal when people were going um, like Man Immune, Triforce, and like Bork right away. I think it, I think it was the same time, like where you could go either one kind of, and you'd go Lethal Tempo, and you would just like wild out on people, like all inning them in the mid game with Tempo, and they wouldn't be able to like keep up with your DPS with the Man Immune procs. That was fun. Dang, I actually really like taking Conqueror on him right now. It feels nice to just like whale people down. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's good. I was I've 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 only just tried the tempo build today, and I'm I'm not convinced yet. Um, because it, it's really good. It's really good in like early all ins. Like that's when I think tempo is like like catches people off guard when they just you you attack so much usually do and you can win extended trades. Um, right, and you get the five like five stacks on your passive as well. Yeah, yeah. You just no nobody expects Ezreal to be attacking that much. Um, but yeah, I still remember. Actually, you know what? I think probably my favorite Ezreal moment is still is when. Do you remember like season three All Stars when double? That was like right when the like blue build first came out with like with Iceborne and like Spirit of the Elder, Elder Lizard. Lizard. Yeah, oh. 
and Doublelift pulled popped out with a with a pentakill against the EU All Star team. That was some old school shit, dude. I like that. Dang, dude, that was so long ago. <laughs> I'm surprised I knew the name of that item just like right off the top. Dang, I'm actually really, I actually really miss Iceborne Gauntlet now. Yeah, I don't know. I think honestly, I've always been uh, one of the people. I feel like whenever I play Ezreal, I would go complete opposite whatever the meta was. If the meta was to build Triforce, I was like, you know what, this is a good game for Iceborne because of. You know, I'd, and I'd make up like, oh, they have a lot of AD, you know? And then when people were going at Iceborne, I was always like, you know what? This is really a Triforce game. Like, you definitely, we need the damage here, guys. Like, I don't need, I'm not a pussy. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, dude. Well, now that we've got some games in on this patch, how does the patch 11.3 feel for you? It seems okay. I don't know. I, I, I still don't want to say I've I played too much to to know the, the ins and outs, but I've played, I feel like I've seen a lot of Seraphine that I've, not wanted to see as much of yeah i don't know my my bot lanes have been boring i've liked watching in competitive with uh, a lot of the rels showing up and all that but i have not had the same enjoyment out of my my normals and solo queue bot lanes okay that makes sense i would um i would hate to play against some seraphines right now i feel like that champion is really strong for like most points of the game yeah as for me i think that i'm I'm really liking this patch so far i feel like every role can be enjoyable to play and every role has like a few couple of champions that are pretty good whether you want to play a certain play style or not so top lane there's i feel like there's some good tanky champions and good good bruiser champions same for mid lane i think there's really good roaming champions really good control mages as well uh, junglers if you i feel like there's just a lot of champions that every jungler knows like i feel like every jungler knows how to play hecarim and stuff like that and there's just good champions right now for junglers to play as well as the the exp being favorable right now and then same thing for ad everybody likes to play kaisa so <laughs> i feel like as long as kaisa is playable everybody will like that yeah that's true i can uh i can get behind that i do like a, a lot of the variety it seems like out of most of the roles um so yeah i've really been liking 11.3 i don't think there's anything too crazy that i think that's like a must ban every time uh just whatever you don't want to play against that game is you know feels pretty viable i've been banning out viego a lot because i have seen some mid viegos absolutely pop off and i just don't want my mid laner to like play against that for the first time or something <laughs> yeah and just get stomped on Dude, how, as time has gone out as you've seen him somewhere how do you feel about viego still because i still it's to me it seems like i've had a lot of games my buddy who was inting on him in the first week has not played him as much anymore so it seems like now i'm only playing against him and it seems like every game where the viego gets strong it always seems to me that we just did something stupid and he got strong and he shouldn't actually be that bad but then i don't i like i don't notice I guess the games where he isn't strong. So maybe I'm just uh, e- either I'm getting big selection bias on only remembering the ones where we got ass blasted, or he's only ass blasting. <laughs> no, yeah, because uh, um, I I think I said last week I was starting to play a little bit of support. So when I was playing support, there was always like a Viego on the other mid team, and I feel like he was ass blasting my team as well. I think it's um like w- one is just like I. I guess the damage doesn't seem like so straightforward because um, isn't it something like you cast a skill and then your next auto hits them twice for like the, their current or max HP uh, because he has like the Blade of the Ruin King passive yeah. on his passive. Yeah. So he just has like a lot of hidden damage that isn't readily apparent um, the first couple of times you play against him. Yeah. And then also, I didn't know this 
when we had talked about this in our first episode. But I think the best part about him is that he has like an invincibility frame on his ulti at the at the start of the cast. Yeah, the... and that is actually super annoying to deal with. I if you, like use it properly i definitely agree with that i think honestly i feel like that needs to go i like i don't know how like either they need to tone down like how long it lasts or like you can be vulnerable for some of it and then like the actual possession like like i don't know it seems like it should be half and half where you're still like locked in place to possess and then you go invulnerable like as you transform i don't know it, it just is so annoying to see him like go under tower and then invulnerable except for tower shots i don't know it, it is that that definitely i feel like is too strong for him yeah um, i think i really noticed it when one game i was playing alistar and the viego was fed and so i wanted to like headbutt him like out of the fight every time mm-hmm. but then he kept ulting my headbutt so it would just go like he would go right past me Oof, yeah um and he he did that to me at, at least like three times that game and i felt pretty useless that game because <laughs> I, I kept trying to do that but he kept he kept doing that to me as well I felt a little goofy. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how he pops out. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there are any changes slated for him, but that's. I think I'd hope to see some soon. Yeah, I, I would say that he's pretty strong right now. And to put some games into him, if you're interested in playing him middle, I don't. I'm not sure about top. I haven't seen any top Viegos. Um, he might be a little squishy for that though. But mid or jungle, I think he's worth playing right now. Partly because a lot of maybe not everyone knows what he does, and then. Um, you know, you can kind of snowball pretty hard with all of the damage that he does. Um, I just hope that you know what every champion does, so that when if you possess somebody, you know what to do, or to just like ulti out of it right away. <laughs> okay, well, um, so there's this guy named Mark Yetter on Twitter. Let's see what he does. Actually, he's the Summoner's Rift gameplay design director. You know that off the top of your head? No, I looked at his Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, so that's what he is, and um, sometimes he posts these things about the next upcoming patch before we look at that i was i wanted to ask you is there anything that like you want to see changed um in the next patch i think honestly maybe it's recently biased i think i I want to see viego could probably use like just numbers tuning i feel like he maybe like it because it's i think it's too early to tell if people do people don't know how to play against him but it seems like he just does too much consistent damage um that i feel like they could maybe tone some of that down um but I think that, you know, I, I we could see some reduction in, like, the support, like, Seraphine or, like, other, like, Moonstone abusers. Like, that would be nice to go down. And then maybe we need to get rid of Udyr. That Udyr and Olaf can maybe go out of the meta for a little bit. I think for me, I would maybe like to see some Kaisen nerfs. I feel like she's pretty much picked her ban 100% of the time when I play solo queue. I... I do want to also see maybe a nerf on Kraken Slayer, only because it's like it seems to be the go-to for a lot of the AD carries right now. So if they're all making it, then I'm thinking that there's not a lot of other good choices, such as Shield Bow or even Gale Force sometimes. Um, or maybe I'm just tripping and it's fine the way it is. Yeah, and then I think I would like to see maybe some more nerfs to to something about Udyr. I don't know what in particular like if it's like the numbers on his abilities or maybe a change to all of the tank items he builds like chem tank or something because mm. uh, that guy is just going wild yeah that's true I don't, I don't know if i know exactly what i'd want to see out of that but yeah something something needs to happen to that champ i think <laughs> yeah although although i don't think he's unbeatable because i feel like a lot of people are trying to play udir and maybe they're not they're not all seasoned udir players or something for that kind of play style or like being 
like being able to be in melee range of people and like get out with like just moving and no dashes or anything like that so he's not unbeatable it's just like but sometimes if he gets going like just the raw movement speed and shielding he can do on his own it's pretty pretty insane yeah and then i think lastly for me i think i want to see a nerf to seraphine's ulti i (laughs) i recently got hit by a seraphine ulti (laughs) From my tier 1 turret to the tier 2 turret. It was super long and I was actually so sad about that. Um, so I'm actually kind of sad about like how far the Seraphine ulti can go when you push it through so many um, people. Or even just like one or two people. I feel like the range gets extended so long. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I wonder, I, I guess I think that would be a pretty good rate nerf if they just like either... like reduce the range uh just all together or maybe made it so it can only reset like once through uh any given champ i don't know that 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 still might be too far maybe like but i don't know but like i'm thinking back to release aphelios and they did kind of the same thing where they reduced the the range on his ulti and i i feel like at the time it seemed like oh come on this is kind of troll like that's that's all you're gonna do is reduce the range you know but it turns out like i don't know even now as uh sometimes aphelios player it's definitely noticeable that you would prefer to have a longer range on that ability than you get nowadays right I'm just thinking that, like, I know Seraphine is annoying, but I also feel like if you lost lane as a Seraphine, as long as you hit, like, a couple good ultis that game, you like, you might still win it, you know? Yeah. So that's just where my mindset is with um, wanting that to be changed. I'm also kind of biased because, like, for example, I'm sure that a lot of people want Camille to be nerfed, <laughs> but Camille is so fun, dude, and so I, I really like playing that champion, and I don't want her to be touched. Yeah, I think I'm on the other end where when you said Kaisa to get nerfed, I'm like, oh, come on, dude. Kaisa's so much fun. But yeah, she's she's a bit of a staple now. She could uh, maybe let someone else have the light. All right, dude. Well, um, now that we talked about a little bit what we want to see, let's uh, take a peek at the 11.4 preview provided by Mark Yetter over on Twitter.com. So a couple big changes that are going to come in are, I believe there's going to be a lot of jungle changes. Maybe we can take a peek at that in a bit. And there's going to be a nerf to Moonstone Renewer. A couple items are going to get buffed next patch. That includes Everfrost, Cosmic Drive, Rage Blade, Chempunk Chainsword, Mortal Reminder, and Morellonomicon. Do any of those interest you? Uh, you know, I think I like, just to hit them quick, I think I like um, the changes on the healing reduction items just to make them more, like, just feel a little nicer when you actually do have to buy them and complete them since it's not always uh totally telling just to get to the 60 percent grievous wounds mark or anything like that doesn't feel like a huge power spike so it'll be nice to get a little bit more rest stats to just feel good about completing those items if you have to get early okay i'm actually really interested in the everfrost change because i think the item is super fun well especially in aram maybe it's a little troll to build and make <laughs> a real game but i think that there's some champions that combo really hard with everfrost maybe like rakan or Sometimes even Zoe. Oh, yeah. And and even Kassadin. Although, like, a lot of those champions don't really need it. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of the times um, that item built, I guess, exclusively almost on, like, Silas and Kassadin. Those are, like, the two that I've seen. It does seem like it has its benefits, um, you know, or, or its situationalness. But it, it definitely hasn't, like, filled the void that a lot of champs used uh, GLP for. Yeah, I think the way that um, champs were taking, like, Phase Rush and then building GLP was, it felt really strong yeah. for, like, the last year. and. In a crazy way, it's like, wow, because um, people only started doing that kind of towards the end, mm-hmm. where the those two have been out for like a really long time. I don't want to talk about the numbers too much, because uh, maybe it could change 
Um, so let's just get right into uh, the nerfs and buffs for champions coming out. So it looks like there are going to be some champion nerfs for a couple of champions. A lot, a lot of changes for Severa. I, I think I think let's let's hit the others real quick, and then maybe we come back to her because that's a lot. Okay, sure. And then um, look for Kaisa. It looks like her Q damage is going to get hit for both the regular and the evolved form for single target as well as it's just damage per missile down, so it changes your your max isolation and single target. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a better explanation. Yeah. <laughs> and then looks like Skarner is going to take some nerfs as well. I actually do feel like Skarner is pretty fun to play right now, and you can just get away with just running at people, and you can you can take Predator if you want, or you can take Phrase Rush. It's pretty funny. He's kind of the same deal as Udyr. I'm surprised we don't see more of him like in LCS, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and then it looks like there's going to be um, a healing reduction on Renekton's Q for both the regular and empowered version, and Camille is going to get hit this patch, but it's just a nerf to her W cooldown, nothing, no changes to her Q at this time. Um, so you said you wanted to talk more about uh, what's going to happen to Samira? Yeah, I mean, this feels like a really big hit to her, honestly. Taking off it, the, the change list, as Mark Yetter has it now, is removing her ability to, to, to dash to allies with her E, as well as reducing the speed on it. And I think that's just, uh, just like taking away E dashes, or, or like dash targets, you know, with allies means that she really has a lot less options in fights to go like in and out with that reset on takedowns. So it'll be like just you can really only go in and then uh, in unless you're in uh, a bunch of minions like Yasuo Allens or something like that. And then the W duration is going down by a quarter of a second. They're changing her Q damage scaling. So you just it goes up with levels or, or with levels in the ability. And then her passive melee bonus ratio is going into a scaling form. So she'll have less early but more uh, like later in the game. And then her R cooldown is going from three seconds to eight seconds, which is. I think a good change on that front. I think as severe players, it feels not as fun. Like it, it, getting multiple ultis is always like super highlight reel kind of stuff. But as I think that's good for like ADC brains to make them not as uh, brain dead. You have to like sit it for a second and think about when you need to pop your ulti. Okay, yeah, that's actually a super big deal if they were gonna really gonna take away her dash to allies. And I do feel like when you play Samira, it does feel kind of weird that there's essentially no cooldown on her ulti. Yeah, I think. I think it's it's kind of interesting because I you know I think when you're pub stopping as Severa, it definitely is the best thing to just you know you go in you ulti you kill someone you dash onto somebody else and Q again and then ulti or whatever and you're just like oh I am God but it always feels like that doesn't like it doesn't change you winning the fight most of the time I would think if you uh, if you actually break it down like if you're able to get two ultis off then you probably already won and it's like in that way it'll make it so that the fights where you were close where you could get like three second like cooldown ultis in reality it'll make those uh you know a little closer and make the Samir player have to not just continue to go all in forever so I guess I, I think that's actually a good change uh along with the I kind of I kind of like the the changes they're doing to her bonus damage scaling because if they just nerf that like throughout the whole game i feel like it would really take away like why even go into melee range on that channel right i'm actually pretty sad that they want to change so many things at once in one patch i feel like the ulti change is already kind of a big deal of more or less restricting you to one ulti unless it's like a, a really long fight and then but then having to well not having to but then also changing her scaling uh the scaling on her damage for her q and her melee um bonus damage um and making it worse in the early game that kind of that kind of sucks yeah it's going to be a lot to get used to but i think i honestly i think overall it's going to be good changes we'll just have to see about the e 
dashes, in my opinion. I think that's that's scary as a Samira player to not be able to just have that like kind of freedom. Yeah, and that's that's such a shame because I I feel like at that point they're changing the champion. Yeah, like that's not Samira anymore. That yeah, a little bit. It's kind of like how the the Silas changes. Do you remember the Silas changes? They like they've they've kind of reworked that champ a couple times with all his passive combos. Yeah, it's so sad. Like to see him like have a shield, and then it's only a magic shield, and then now there's just no shield. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's so sad. And the way the way his passive worked, like the the passive like cleave that used to be like so much better. I feel like than it is now. Mm-hmm. I like that it like it builds up the stacks, kind of like Riven passive. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wish it was the way that it was on release. Yeah. And then for champion buffs, there's actually quite a bit. A lot of little changes. I'm not sure. Did any of these like strike out at you as something like big? I'm, it just seems like they're tweaking a bunch of champs that they want to kind of push back into the people's the people's minds. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, it is like a, just a bunch of small number tweaks um, for eleven champions. So that's going to be Caitlyn, Fiora, Soraka buff. I know you're looking at that. <laughs> Varys, Brom, Jinx, Vagar, Talon, Lee Sin, Trinamir, and Amumu. Do any of those interest you? I think, I, I feel like I, I somehow I, I feel like we've already talked about this on the show. I like the Soraka buffs and I like the Jinx buffs, but I'm a, a kind of amazed that they're both getting more buffs. Like, <laughs> the Soraka, Soraka seems like she's in a good spot or is, like, you know, situationally strong and they just keep buffing her. And then Jinx just got a bunch of changes, I feel like, that are kind of big uh, on the last patch with her rocket scaling and everything with attack speed. And I, I would, I would just. I'd be surprised that those aren't like more impactful than we'd see out of just like a one week of play. So to see buffs on that again, I'm it's like interesting. I guess. Okay, I can get with that. I'm actually when I look at this list, I'm actually kind of sad about the talent buffs because I hate playing against talents, and I also just don't have the mindset of like a talent player. <laughs> so it looks like they're gonna buff his W cooldown and the damage, um, on the w- on the way out. So I'm actually pretty upset about that. But maybe there's some talent players out there that who would really like that. Yeah, gosh, the the outgoing bonus AD actually is outgoing damage on that ability is not something I want to be reminded of. Like back when before his rework, when it was just a instant back and forth, that was so noxious. <laughs> okay, now let's get moving on to our picks of the week. Do you want to get started with this, or you want me to go first? Uh, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'll, I'll think about it a little bit here. All right, man. So my pick of the week this week is not going to be a champion like last time, the last two times. My pick of the week is going to be lolesports.com <laughs> for watching the LCS and that sort of thing. And here's an, here's the reason. I, I've always known that when you watch on the LOL Esports website that they show you stats and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've always thought that it was the same stuff that you see like visually on the screen. So oh, stuff yeah, no. just like KD and items and that sort of thing. But it actually pretty much shows you a lot of the stuff that you would see as if you were really spectating the game in your own client. So you can like... You can toggle on and off the gold, and you can see a lot of like um, comparisons between two people and that sort of thing. So if you, let's say if you're, you know, you're watching a match, there's 10 champions. If you want to see exactly what Nar's gold is, you can, you can click on him and you can see that. And so there's actually a lot of interactivity if you watch on the LOL Esports website for not just the live matches, but also the VODs, which is super cool. And so I think, so the problem is I've been watching a lot of co-streams lately, <laughs> but I think 
if you ever want to watch a VOD or something, like you may as well watch it on the L- through the LOL esports way because that's pretty cool that you can see all of the the stuff like that. And I guess you get your watch rewards too if you like to do that. Yeah, I was gonna make sure that we shouted out the ro- watch rewards. You know, gotta gotta get those those orbs, those the blue essence. You know, the little icons they give you. It's all that's all important. Gotta keep that up. I'm trying to build out my collection for sure, dude. How about you? Do you have a, a pick of the week ready? Uh, man, I think I think the only thing that I can say I don't, I don't think I have a pick in game. So now that you've you've relinquished me from the chains of having to pick a champion by talking about the LOL esports vod player, I'm gonna just say, you know, like my pick of the week this week is all the faithful PSM fans who got to see a, a fatty three zero after uh, we were pretty down in the dumps after week one and the lock. <laughs> But we'll get more into that as we uh, cover the games. But you know, just st- solidarity, brothers. Waiting, waiting for that one. Suffering from the haters. Yeah. Well, even in this week, I was still pretty <laughs> worried about after the Friday game. That's true. But you're right. Well, we'll get in more into that later. That's true. But you know, the the light was shown to us. Yeah. All right. Okay. And what about content, dude? Did you consume any League of Legends content this week? Man, I got uh, I got a little bit in. I watched uh, or listened to Hotline League last Monday with uh, Medios was the guest on it. Actually, that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good episode. I feel like it's fun to listen to Medios just chit chat about the game in a in a casual setting. Usually, it's one of my uh, draws to his co-stream as well. But they had some good calls on that. Talking just about, um, I think they they had some talk about like TSM faltering, and then also like uh, what just people's thoughts on um like having college players like maryville players on golden guardians and stuff in the lcs now um and i thought they were interesting conversations just to kind of dive into on on those ones so that was a good episode for me about you any any highlights from some other shows around the around the block no that's the problem actually i feel like i watched a good amount of stuff this week but i don't remember any of it <laughs> so it must not have been special dude so you must have just blanked out like your other the other stuff you're saying yeah I, i'm serious dude i don't know what happened to last week <laughs> maybe i was just down on down in the dumps because i was single for valentine's day <laughs> who knows dude dude i thought we were not talking about that one man oh my bad <laughs> my bad my bad uh but yeah so i i listened to the dive and i believe the face check episode um i did end up watching tsm legends which covered like week one of the LCS. Yeah, I cut that too. Kind of sad, kind of depressing. Yeah, a little bit. I actually do like to watch that kind of te- behind the scenes team content. I used to watch the TL one as well when they were dominating in like 2018, 2019. Yeah. I used to watch the heist in, in season one. That was a good, I liked the heist. Yeah, I feel like the heist is really like the videos are really well made. Mm-hmm. But I've never really watched a lot of the other teams out of those. I would say out of those three, I don't think I've seen any content for like anybody else. Not even like G two or anything. I, I G two always does their uh, their mic check at the end of the week, and that's I always watch the G two mic check actually because they're a bunch of a uh, bunch of jokesters. <laughs> I'm in support of that one. That's funny. And then also, actually today I was watching the Crackdown live on Twitch, despite my Ooh. huge ranting about it last Ooh. week. Because uh, I saw that Perks was going to be on there. I kind of zoned out for a lot of it because <laughs> I was distracted. So I, I don't really... But I also don't feel like anything crazy was said. It was mostly just about like his time back in Europe. And then talking a little bit about Fudge. It's all I really remember. Yeah. But I, I think it was a good episode overall. All right. All right, man. You ready to jump into some LCS week two? Yeah, dude. Let's get into it. I liked this week. This is a hype week. <laughs> Yeah, actually, there were some banger games this week. 
I actually want to start off first with uh, some of the draft picks that have been going on this week. So first of all, let's take a look at some of the band stats, courtesy of gamesalegend.gg, G-O-L. Um, so looking over at LCS Spring 2021 for Patch 11.3, I guess we'll just cover like top five bands yeah, sure. or maybe even top 10. So let's see, we've got Udyr at 14 bands, 14 out of 15 possible <laughs> games. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> And, and furthermore, on that subject, it turns out that all of 14 of those bands were on red side. So that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, just the premier power pick, Udyr, man. Nobody nobody had that on their COVID pandemic bingo cards, I don't think. No, dude, he really took over the world. <laughs> and to follow, follow Udyr up, we've got Olaf at 12 bands. So just another jungle menace, I suppose. And then we've got Renekton, Camille, and Rel at nine bands, as well as Senna at eight bands, followed by Seraphine, Hecarim, Twisted Fate, and Syndra at six bands. What do you think? Uh, do you have any thoughts on any of those kind of most bands of this week? Nah, you know, it seems like about what I'd expect. You know, you see a lot of people going for these, these strong, blind, pickable top laners that they want to get out. And the same same goes for junglers. You know, I think you're, you've got a few that are all useful, but not... You know, not like there's a big contest or like, here's pick this guy, you pick a counter to that guy. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you go ahead. You want Udyr Olaf? No, thanks. And then it's like, all right, well, we'll just pick uh, Graves or Lilia or Talia, you know, go ahead and go at it. Same with like Redacting Camille. Like, we're seeing a lot more of people like trying to hard counter like the Redacting picks, you know, so they're leaving it out. It seems like a little bit more with like the Quinn uh, uh, picks and everything, but I don't know. It seems pretty. As expected. Okay, and then now that the bands are out of the way, we can also talk about what ended up getting most picked this weekend. So I guess I'll just start with the top lane. For the top three, we've got Gangplank, Nar, and Gragas. I guess all those champions start with G, huh? That's crazy. True. Um, and they all have five picks each. Do you want to talk about that first? I think Gragas is super good on this patch, and he's really good tank, always reliable with E flash ulti, and I think. GP is always pretty solid as well. I'm pretty sure he has some really good matchups, both melee and range, and you can hit really hard in the middle game, and his ulti is really good, of course. Yeah, I think as as people have gotten uh, more and more, I feel like a lot more people have talked about how GP is, is like this top lane god, kind of, where get away with it. It's just any team is going to want it, so I get, I get where you're coming from with that. And Gragas, yeah, I agree. I mean, you can't get away with being a mainstay in like the jungle or support or top for like four seasons without being you know just a good champion so i'm not too surprised to see him come back even as a tank nowadays yeah now that i think about it i'm really liking this current top lane meta i don't really like to see orn to be honest and i don't like people to like lose on orn <laughs> so i'm pretty glad that he's not a big mainstay right now like i would just hate to see like orn chogaf shen every game or something like that you know yeah i agree i i think that yeah it's no fun when people are just blinding those things um, but I do like, yeah, I like that we're seeing these guys that are like some bruisers, some, you know, some at least like scrappy tank plays, you know, Orn is like, oh, please don't fight me. I just want to get some minions, maybe please. And then I'll get to level 14 and then I'll give my carry his, his upgraded items. And then I'll, I'm just here to soak, you know, I'll, I'll throw my horn out and get some ulties. But yeah, not something like Gragas, something like Redected. You know, these guys are fucking going in. They've got their friend Udyr in the jungle. They've got to follow him up somehow, man. Otherwise... Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and I think for the most part, a lot of those are kind of skill matchups. Maybe a little less for Gragas, but NAR and GP matchups are more more so pretty skill-based. 
I would think. So that, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. It's always fun to see the, the players like someday actually get to uh, show off like why they're top tier top laners more than just uh, farming and setting up dives. <laughs> For sure. And then moving on to jungle, we've got Graves at nine picks, Lilia at seven picks, and then Talia at four picks. Uh, any thoughts on that? I would say that I think Graves is just the most picked because, because since there's so much Udir and Olaf fans, and then people just kind of default to Graves and Lilia afterwards. Yeah, I think honestly, I'm I'm surprised to see Graves still have such a high priority. Like I feel like he's kind of just people's default. I'm I'm expecting him to fall a little more out of meta because I think he's just not as strong nowadays i think his items got changed a little bit you know not having great lethality options and just um like with the gale force nurse and everything i think that we'll see some other champs kind of sneak in here as people think like maybe i shouldn't just default to grace right i'm thinking that too i would like to see some more some more variety it just sucks that like with that scuttle that scuttle crab change where it has the shield unless you like cc it yeah grace is just so unbelievably easy to just kill the thing it really cuts the like number of playable champions for the jungle. Yeah. I do like seeing Lilia and Talia, though. I'll say that. I like seeing Lilia and Talia played. Yeah, I think I really like the, uh, watching Lilia as well. I'm kind of sad about Talia. I don't know why. I just, like, <laughs> I just don't like when that champion is in meta, for, for the jungle at least. Yeah, I think I think I like her jungle more than I liked her in, in mid, though. Like, the just, you know, she gets, she has to do a little bit more to, like, scrap and everything out of the jungle than she did just push a wave and rump to side that's true moving over to middle it's kind of boring actually we've got azir at six picks and then oriana and zoe at four picks so i guess in a way there's like a lot of variety for mid lane because these top three are really like really low pick rate like four out of 15 games and four of them were oriana yeah um <laughs> so in my opinion nothing too special here i guess these people a lot of people are kind of relying on these kind of safe picks and not so much going for the the global picks like Galio and TF, like they were in the lock-in tournament. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Eh, not really. I feel like mid's kind of not been a focus for too many teams. Uh, you know, like we're a lot more interested in the the top lane counter picks or the support counter picks or you know getting this or that um, AD or jungler. So I, I, honestly, it seems like mid's just kind of fallen to back to one of those those metas where they're just like, oh yeah, let's pick something. I don't know. This is probably good. Nobody's gonna like counter me mid just like we'll pick this first phase and go on with our lives and focus on something else okay and then moving on to the bottom lane we've got for ad carries kaisa 11 picks senna four picks and then ezreal and samira tied at three picks i think it's pretty crazy that a a lot of teams just kind of let kaisa through right now because i feel like she's one of the strongest ad carries with decent matchups and as well like just every every like pro player should just want to play kaisa every game because she can be really strong from like 10 5 to 10 minutes and then also really strong from like 15 to 20 minutes (laughs) and then also really strong from like 25 to 30 so yeah that's true like everyone should be comfortable playing kaisa and then um pretty crazy to see that like even though senna had a lot of bans she still is like the second most picked ad carry or at least bottom laner and I guess we'll get into that more later, but it seems like Senna is really strong on this patch as well. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think kind of going into the same thing with mid laners just wanting to pick, you know, something that, that's safe and they can get away with, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot more of the Senna-Tom Kench come back, and that's one of those where if you can get the combo, 
you're not worried about what the enemy team is going to pick, really. You're just like, yeah, I'm happy having a top coach, especially with how strong she seems uh, after the last changes to Fasting Center. Yeah, and then lastly, we've got support. And so the top three picks are going to be Alistar at six picks, Rel at four picks, and then Tom Kench, Thrush, and Nautilus at three picks. I guess that wasn't really top three, but <laughs> looks like we got a lot of beefy boys for the supports. Um, have you always ever, have you liked that it's pretty much always, you know, more or less tanky supports and not so much like Nami or that sort of thing for the support? Um, You know, I think... I think it's more interesting to watch, definitely. Um, I, my my gut would just be that, like, these support players, you know, in scrims or whatever, they get, like, their teams get so used to them playing something that can, you know, force an engage and call it, you know, like, a, like I would just imagine if you watch, like, Aphromoo's stream or something, right, and he's always like, oh, we just go on this, you know, like, if he's dealing with someone, he's like, he's always, like, ready to go in and, and he calls for his team to do it and follow him up and everything. So, like, I think that they get used to having those kind of champs, you know, and so you see the Alistars, you see the the Rels and all, and Leonas, and those are all just the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, they can dictate like when your team's gonna fight and how to punish people. So I think I think it makes sense like why that's so many people's default. Even though I I don't know that I'm I'd be convinced that those are like the strongest champs, you know. I think we'd see more and more Seraphines or Lulus or Karmas if it was just about what's strongest and not um, what people are used to playing. Okay, so you think it's more about the go button? I think so, yeah. I think I think it's I think it's useful for teams to have that, you know, especially because you see like the stuff out of top lane, like Renekton's and you know, Gragas's and um not that Gragas can't engage, I guess that's maybe not a good example. But like Renekton and like you get Udyr out of the jungle and these are guys that like can go in and, you know, force things, but I think that having your support have like be the person who's able to like dedicate themselves to that and like get these guys following up is very useful for a lot of teams yeah and now that i think about it if the if the most picked jungle picks are graves zillian and talia that they, they can't really get this stuff started yeah yeah, yeah i'd agree okay so with lcs week two they started playing on patch 11.3 although Vigo is not yet was not enabled for this weekend i'm not too sure about next weekend though but i do hope we're gonna see some Vigo and for the rest of the spring split because I'm, I want to see if, if people think that he's really strong or not worth playing because he's a melee champ. Well, what do you think? You know, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think people... I would. My guess wouldn't be that people would play him. But if I did have to put money on it, I would bet that it's going to be Dardock who picks him. <laughs> First on the LCS, at least. Oh, true. Yeah, I think... <laughs> has he... I think I heard something like he's played a, a new champion every game. Yeah. Is, I, that, is it something like I that? I think so. I think he's only played... I mean, I guess they're what? They're six games in. I think he played, yeah, I think he's played 10 different champions in his 10 different games, including Locken. That's pretty crazy, actually. Yeah, and they're 4 they're and pretty two. cool, too. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing really well. They had a, they can't be slept on for this week, at least. Definitely. And then one more thing I wanted to talk to you about is the Forbidden, Senna, and Tom Kench combo. How do you, now that it's like, we see it a lot of times during the lock-in in the first two weeks. Yeah. How do you feel about this combination, dude? Man, I don't know. I think it's, I think I like it better with this attack speed center build but i can't say that it's like my favorite kind of bot lane i don't know it, it, i i like i've liked this season it seems like there's a lot more focus on just like straight 2v2 fighting in the bot and so when people are picking like senna tom you're seeing a lot of like uh like blitzcrank counters and stuff and there are people like trying to punish it back and forth and like with farming tom kench you get like temp chem tank and you can actually take fights like he's goaded and like yeah yeah we're gonna fucking scrap you know whereas with lethality 
Senna being more predominant, you were more just like, oh yeah, we're just here to scale. We're just going to get this champ out of lane. You're not going to kill us. And then Senna's going to layer, you know, her ulti and her Q and an auto or two over, you know, our diving Olaf and shit, and they're going to just wreck face. So I, so to that end, I think I liked this iteration of Senaton a little bit, but that might just be a meta-specific thing. Okay, that's interesting to hear. I'm thinking that I think it's actually way too good right now. Just yeah, independently I agree what, with you. I what agree Senna with you. does. Yeah, so just what they do like on their own, like Senna. You're right. She has right now. She's good on this patch. Just like independently, she has a really good. She has a really good build path, and she has a really decent matchup against Kaisa because she gets to outrange her. And then Tom Kench is really cool that you get to CS and you get to build up your gold and just like really outpace the enemy support and items. And then once you get past level 11 as well, you get to do farther ultis, and that's really good for the impact on the game as well. So I think that the combo is really strong, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot more people start banning out Senna a lot more. Um, and yeah, even this week, she already saw, what was it, eight bans out of 15 games. So in um, more than half the games, she gets banned. Yeah. And and more more or less, she does get picked as well. So I'm thinking that something is should maybe happen to that combination, um, especially if in the future Kais is going to get nerfed or something like that. Yeah. But I also wonder, like, so we're we're in week two right now, and then there's only going to be six weeks, and then playoffs. I feel like this combination is so strong. I don't know if it should be allowed for playoffs because I do think that it's so strong it could be inflating some of the team's records because almost a lot of a lot of the teams are playing this right now um such as dignitas yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting point we'll see i don't know i i think that it's one of those at this point after the last couple of years where senna's senna tom is just something that every bot lane has to have in their in their back pocket it's like a Zyrocon, right like if you if you feel like you need senna tom for a comp or whatever then you better know how to play senna tom right okay now let's get into the standings for week two at the end of this weekend Tied at first place, we've got C9 and 100 Thebes, both at 5 and 1. Then right behind them, for third and fourth place, we've got TSM and Dignitas at 4 and 2, with both of them having a 3-0 week this week. At fifth and sixth, we have EG and TL with an even 3-3 three and three score. And then following them, we've got the rest of IMT, FlyQuest, CLG, and Golden Guardians. What'd you think about this week, man? Man, this was... I, I don't know. There, there were a lot of upsets this week, a lot of unexpected results. I feel like um, it was exciting. I was, I'm, I, I'm kind of glad to see no undefeateds left. Um, honestly, I felt like last week I was, uh, you know, C9 and 100 Thieves. I would have put it if you told me they were the two undefeated teams. I would have been beforehand like that's kind of a weak undefeated pair. I don't know the the way they played last week. I wasn't that impressed, but they still pulled out the three zero. So now that they're both down to five and one, I think that makes sense. Um, and then you know, TSF and Dig, I feel like are honestly both surprises at four and two. Uh, you know, you said like you said they went three zero. That's some big, some big weeks for both those teams. Uh, and then EG and TL after you know after EG was kind of hyped up after Locket and TL goes and wins the whole thing, and then they both have dropped a few games. You know, TL looked had kind of the same as TSM's week one where squeak out a win against CLG or maybe they didn't squeak out their win against CLG but they you beat CLG which doesn't say anything really and then you go on to lose your other two games and that's rough weekend yeah I would say EG and TL both had rough weekends and then C9 and 100 Thieves I feel like they deserve to be up top especially since 100 Thieves only loss is the other 5-1 team they lost to C9 whereas C9 lost to EG who is still who I think a playoffs team yeah um, 
So in that sense, like like neither neither of those two at the top were upset per se by a team outside of the top six. Whereas TL, they got they lost to they technically lost to TSM, who <laughs> at the, at the time was kind of whack, yeah. <laughs> right, right, and I think um, who was the other loss this week? Do you remember? Uh, they also lost to 100 Thieves, so another you know not bad loss if you think about it. I don't know. You want to talk about TL a little? Because I feel like this week TL looked. Uh... I don't know, just out of whack, kind of. Like, the TSM game, I don't know, TSM kind of walked over them in in mid-game. That was, they kind of just got choked out. Obviously, the early game, like, you know, when you randomly give Azir a quadra kill in bottom lane, you kind of have thrown off the whole balance of things in League of Legends. So, going from there, it, it, thro- you know, it, it throws your whole game into whack. I'm not surprised they lost, but they looked like they couldn't do anything in the rest of that game. And the hundred thieves, that game looked like kind of even for a while, and then suddenly TL is just on the back foot and and lost again. Like they couldn't do, they didn't have, find any openings. You know, they just they just took it and dropped the nail. I, I don't know. It seemed uncharacteristic of them. Yeah, not to talk too much about it. I think um I think the TL losses. I think for the TSM game, I think TSM's picks were that in that game were were much more well rounded in terms of like engage opportunities and options consistent dps options and just like overall tankiness for their champions because i think that tl they picked like graves for their jungle in that game because a lot of the good stuff was banned out Mm -hmm. so i think they feels weird to say this but yeah i think they got outdrafted that game and then as for the 100 thieves game i don't think that one i don't think that loss is egregious or anything i i I also think that 100 thieves just played really well this weekend and so props to them yeah yeah i think that's i guess I, i that's fair that's fair not, it's it's still week two. Can't get too up or down on anybody, it seems like, at this point. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's only week two, I guess. It will matter a, a bit more um, what the standings are next week, because that'll be the halfway point after week three. Mm-hmm. So, But, you know, just for the first two weeks, some teams are up, some teams are down. I think going going one and two or two and one this week or last week, it's not too much of a big deal. At least you get some things that you see that you can improve on. But it does suck to get more than one loss in a week yeah if any <laughs> true all right dude well, how about what do you think about the friday games were there anything there that uh impressed you um i mean look back here let me think i think that um i don't know if we get if we get into the the, the low-hanging fruit uh that i remember our, our tsm golden guardians you know preview uh that pretty much fit the bill i feel like where uh it was a a sketch a sketchy game to say the least but just um, got it <laughs> yeah i don't even think i want to remember the detail the details of that game it was kind of one of those like oh i guess there has to be a winner in this game so i guess we won yeah <laughs> yeah that's true i i think that's all we need to say that that went as we expected it was somehow a nail biter and somehow yes i'm one <laughs> exactly and then i was thinking last week we talked about previewing um 100 thieves and FlyQuest. that was not close um so i i that's pretty much solidified like after their performance this week i'm i'm pretty solid on 100 thieves being at minimum a top three team at the end of week six yeah uh fly i'm still i'm still up in the air about them i think they can be good i think i kind of put them in the same boat as dignitas i think they can just have up and down weeks and then we'll see where they end up landing Although I am a little higher on Dignitas being able to hold their record as opposed to FlyQuest. Yeah, I think I think if I probably did just a direct comparison between those two teams, uh, it seems like Dignitas is much more like the they have a higher floor than uh, FlyQuest does. I would say you know you've got 
guys like Aphromu and, and Dardock who've been around for a while. Uh, and they kind of, I right. think they kind of know what to do more on a macro sense together. They can kind of pull pull around guys like I mean Saligo and Fake God have had good showings in Academy, so I think they have a bit more of an idea as well of what they're doing. But it seems like FlyQuest is dealing probably with a little bit of issues integrating like Jose Dedeo and also getting a couple of rookies all together. And they've been doing some wacky stuff playing like favoring the surfing bottom picks with Johnson and stuff too. So I think they're kind of learning how to play a bit more. But I, I, I've liked. It seems like they've had a few like good early games or, or good plays. That they've strung together so that's where i'm so kind of high on them that they can they, they need to work out how to carry that through a whole game but they've uh they've got some some glimmers in there okay that's good to hear and then i would say the banger game of friday was going to be eg versus cloud nine where <laughs> yeah. i would say eg pulled out the upset win over c9 um did you catch that game dude i i did catch i'm trying to think i i feel like i remember watching this game and now i'm like looking back just try to skim through it to see what was going on and it was just kind of a kind of a mess no i don't know <laughs> i was yeah i i definitely would agree though it was definitely an upset that eg pounded this but i'm just screenshotted here at, at like what is this fucking it's like 28 minutes in and there's 38 kills in the game or 32 kills in the game like what a what a wild match <laughs> yeah there were a lot of kills in that game and i will say that the winning team here they did use Santa Tom Ken. <laughs> so maybe some some dirty tricks were used there, but you know what? EG got the win, C9 got their first loss, and that's up to them if they want to let Senna go through. Yeah, I mean, Sven and Vulcan are, are prime Santa Tom Ken abusers, so I think if they if they can let it go through and not have a counter ready for it, then that's on them, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think they've tried to play the Blitzcrank that game, but it must have not gone well. Yeah. That's a hard matchup, I think. It, like in theory, it's what you want, and you can get some good plays, but it, it's still up to like the Senatom to kind of misplay. Actually, this game, I do remember the early game dives where Ignar Ignar was kind of just like hard outplaying the, what the Blitzcrank wanted to do, like blocking the Blitz hook. He wasn't eating his ADC, so you don't get the two for pull. Like he was just out in front of him and making sure that nobody could could get on top of him, and they were just free hitting it was it was it was pretty interesting actually i like that from the from the bot lane perspective okay and then for saturday games we last week we previewed 100 thieves versus cloud nine as well as imt versus eg did any of those games impress you uh yeah i mean i think 100 thieves and cloud nine was uh was a pretty good game if i remember correctly i liked uh you know that that was that seemed like it was a decent matchup you know of of our top two teams kind of going at each other Definitely. I would say that that match was probably my favorite game of this weekend. Seemed really back and forth. And then I think pretty crazy. I think 100 Thieves got Dragon Soul that game and Cloud9 were still able to win it. So I feel like that game was really fun to watch. Really, really good back and forth. Yeah. Good amount of kills, good fights here and there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of high uh, high execution champions too. Blabber pulling out the Rek'Sai was, I'm sure that got on uh, on your radar for that one. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Although, like thinking about it, like I remember watching that game, and it sucks to play Rek'Sai into like champions like Galio and Set. Like, uh, well, just mainly champions in general. It <laughs> sucks to play against you know some strong CC champs. You know, yeah, you can't you can't really just tunnel at them and show off your big void queen prowess. Right, right. And then um to speak about IMT versus EG, I would say that's a, an upset win for IMT um in terms of the standings. 
Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that's IMT's second win. And it's against uh, what I would think a playoff team. So they have a win against TL and a win against EG. Yeah. So that's looking really good because those are pretty strong teams. Um, you have any thoughts about that game? No, I mean, I think I'd agree. You know, like you said, that's a big that's a big win for IMT, you know. But, I, you know, I wonder if that's not just uh, them kind of getting the the coin flip of eg you know like insanity had some some interesting help handed to him from jazuke i felt like that game and they kind of got to run away with it after some good moves up in the top side so uh you know i think i think that's it's still a good win for imt but i think it's more of a bad sign for eg that or it's i mean it's kind of what we expect out of them almost that they would they can look really good in some games and really bad in other ones for sure i would say looking at that i do want to try myself some tristana mid now <laughs> i do feel a little inspired by it i don't know about the teleport but you know i i think tristana is in a really good spot right now with a uh, hail of blades yeah i'd agree i think um what i would expect honestly i think sneaky's been playing a lot of trist uh, just in bot lane in general i think that she'll make a comeback as if if kaisa fades out a little bit um and then the the bot lane matchups kind of trend away uh, from some of these hard engaged supports, uh, like if we start to see more enchanters get picked up, and they go along with like more hyper carry ish champs like Twitches or Jinxes, then uh, that's a that's a good spot for Tristana to come back in the bot lane as well. Were there any other Saturday games that you wanted to talk about? Because I know I want to talk about some TSM. Yeah, I mean that that's I think we were both saving that that one for last. So I'll I'll let you start off with that one. <laughs> okay, I mean yeah, man, that was. I was not expecting TSM to put up a fight at all. So I was just very pleasantly surprised that they were able to do so well this game. I feel like, you know, just as a TSM fan in general, I feel like mostly everyone did a good job in this game. Huni popped off. Spica popped off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was like... And Power of Evil got a really strong quadra kill pretty early on in the game. So always feels good to play, to be playing a scaling champion and then just be fed right off the bat. Of course. Uh, and pumped yeah. with so much gold. And I feel like I don't want to bag on anybody for like because they played bad, mm-hmm. but I would say that Poe made Jensen his bitch this game. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. This yeah, this was what I really liked about this game is that you know after after TSM spent the last like week or you know couple weeks really with if you count lock in too, where they just kind of looked like early game was a mess. You know, no no lanes were really popping off, um, and then the. It, Mid game became, you know, like they were, they played like these Olaf jungle games and were trying to just stack dragons and they'd get there eventually, you know, but it was like, okay, well, we botched early game, but managed to get two dragons. So let's just play for soul, play for elders, you know, and, and go for it late. This was like, they, they got the, the early game quadra on PoE and then just kind of grabbed the game by the balls. Like TL did not have an angle back into this game, it seemed like the entire time. And then it came down like, they get the Baird and, and end up in the enemy base, and it's like, oh yeah, Teal's like, what are they going to do? You know, Jensen died again, or whatever. I forget exactly what happened, and then Cordage is like, okay guys, well, this game's over unless we go all in, so let's just go all in and end it. <laughs> right, yeah, and I think this game, for me, it really exemplified, like, the dangers of playing Graves Jungle, because at that point, they, they TL wasn't really left with a lot of engaged options. It was either maybe pick someone off with Zoe Sleep or Nautilus Hook, which aren't really ideal and when you're in a losing situation and or just get like start off a really good flank with a, a cannon ulti. Yeah, just a god smeb cannon engage. 
Right. Which, you know, it could be possible. They're a good team that can set up maybe some good wards and opportunities for that at different points in the game. But, you know, it's just it's just not as easy as TSM had it. Yeah, I'd agree. I would say, though, I th- it seemed like to me that TSM did a good job that game of playing fundamentals, not letting TL have those kind of opportunities to look for flanks or... Like they didn't have, they didn't play with blind spots on the map practically. You know, they they did a good job of, like, let's take a quadrant in the jungle, get words out, we'll push out a wave, we'll reset if we need to, we'll come back like and retake it if they cleared any words like before they even try to do Baron. Whereas a lot of their other games where they've been playing from behind, they've had to kind of do these like random Baron sneaks where they're like, oh, we're playing like they just reset, like we probably have the time to do this, they won't know, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And this game, they got to do it like kind of by the book a little bit more, and that was nice to see. Yeah, I think so too. I was really happy to see this game because it actually seemed like they were playing like a team as opposed to their previous four games. Right. So I, I got to, I like to see, I like to see mid and jungle, mid, uh, no, sorry. I like to see jungle and support working closely together. I think they got a mid gank off. I liked, I think my favorite play this game, you know, outside of whatever the hell ended up with a, a zero quadrico was that one TP to bot lane with poe into where where hootie got like the 2v2 or the 2v1 turn into the poe shuffle into another nar w like on it and they got the 2v2 like kill with the teleport that was nice i liked that right that was nasty it honestly felt like like to watch that i felt embarrassed (laughs) as a tl fan yeah like i was like how did they let that happen right they they let nar ulti them (laughs) i don't know that was that was a weird moment but i felt i felt embarrassed watching that all right, and then last but not least, we had some Sunday games. From last week, we were talking about highlighting TL versus Hundred Thieves, as well as GGS versus TLG. Uh, let's get started on the first one, dude. What do you think about the TL versus Hundred Thieves game? Yeah, you know, I think uh, when this game first aired, I, I uh, only watched a little bit of it. Like, I was catching it. I was out of the house, actually, in a, in a very surprising turn of events. Um, but so I, I was catching bits and pieces, you know, and, and saw seems like every time I would look back, like, every five minutes or so, and there was just, like, suddenly there was a whole swing in the kills, and I didn't remember, or didn't know, like, how it happened. Um, but so, I, I don't know, I went back and watched it, and it seemed like it was kind of close. I, I don't know, we talked about it a little bit. It seemed like it was kind of close for a while, and then 100 Thieves just came out on top in a couple fights, and they carried it through on a on a good Baron push. And, you know, it's It was kind of unexpected, almost, how, they, how quickly they won. I actually really liked this game. I think that... Um, the way that the two teams played around their advantages were really good. For example, they had Alfari on the Quinn, even against the Renekton. I think he played the Quinn really well in terms of, you know, using the Quinn to get an advantage in the top lane. Uh, and then trying to move that around the map as well. And then they they got Jensen on the rise who can put some strong split put pressure if they can't quite if they can't quite seem to get control of the dragon area. So they got some options. they got two options for some really strong split pushing if they want that. Yeah. So I like the the compositions of the both teams this game. This game, it just ends up that 100 Thieves got really strong dragon control this game. And so I'm really happy that they were able to take over in that sense. I think I remember in this game, I think or Core JJ got a really big rail ulti um, that started off a fight really well for them, but then 100 Thieves just turned it right back around. Yeah. Yeah, this was a lot of like really interesting uh, and like exciting fights. The the ones that did happen, it seemed like they were like really like well played, just by kind of all sides. This like these are the two teams that I'd expect that out of. I don't, honestly, in LCS, like Hundred Thieves has been kind of nutty team fighters since you know it was FBI and 
closer carrying uh, games on Golden Guardians, you know, now they're doing the same thing here. And TL is just all, like, obviously, world-class kind of players. Yeah, so I would say that I, I really liked this game. Do you know what? Actually, when you when you brought up the Queen and the Rise, it reminded me of um, that I'm going to... I know that we're a LCS show, but did you watch... Did you happen to catch the G2 versus Rogue game from, I think, Saturday in LEC? No, but it's from glancing at the reddit thread it seemed like that that match was a banger that was a banger game and i think but what i want to bring up about that is that it seemed very similar um like to how g2's comp was in that game for tl and they just weren't able to pull it off in the same way because tl or g2 did the same thing where they picked the queen they had echo or they had caps on echo but same kind of thing like this ap like split push uh mage uh kind of style and they like that was just so drawn out and wild of a game like they were against like super late game scaling on the other side so it's not the same matchup but just like how they wanted to play it that was really interesting but so for tl i wonder if that was kind of like they were trying to copycat how g2 played with the quinn and just weren't able to replicate okay yeah that's that's really interesting then but yeah overall i would say i really liked that that game out of the two and you know they, they get that game out of the way and furthermore they are uh, going on in the future they'll get to play some weaker teams hopefully and pick up more wins for the, both of them yeah, it'll be interesting to see how both of those teams uh, round out kind of the first half here. Okay. Um, any other Sunday games that you want to talk about? You know, we said we wanted to look at the GGS and CLG game. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I even watched that game. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so either. I see that CLG picked up their first win, and I'm going to say, way to go, CLG. But that's, uh, that's about all I got. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's actually the same way that I feel. Uh, all right, dude. Uh, anything else you want to cover on this whole weekend before we move on to what's what we're looking forward to next week yeah i guess um i i suppose one last sunday game that's kind of interesting was eg versus dignitas so you know dignitas gets to sneak through with the 3-0 and i do wonder i guess you know that's going to segue us into previewing next week's games is whether dignitas is gonna prove themselves worthy of their um, really good week two because yeah. I believe that they have some really strong matchups for next week. So if you want to get into that, uh, we can. Uh, yeah, I think uh, just real quick we can look at it. I think uh, you know having the the Senatom on Dignitas side is always valuable, but Dardock on Kane. You know, last time I think we saw Kane in the LCS was uh, Spika not transforming on the champion. So um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to see that champ show up. I, you know, that's that's one of those that uh, I think is really interesting. Especially like just as a um, a champ that you see in solo queue, you know, and you see terrorize games in solo queue. So like you wonder maybe like why it doesn't show up more in competitive, you know. And so to see it have like just the opportunity to was really cool. Yeah, and I would oh actually now that I think about it, I watched this game today, and this game was pretty entertaining from the clown fiesta <laughs> point of view. So I would say if you want to like if you're trying to get drunk. That game was a good game to have, like, a drinking game on. I mean, anytime you've got Jazuke and a champion that can uh, dash in, I think you're bound to have some some interesting gameplay. Yeah, maybe a little emphasis in that word <laughs> somewhere in there. Okay, yeah, and then one last thing to talk about for LCS Week 2. For the player of the week, it ends up being Power of Evil. I think that's okay. I mean, when I think about it, I wasn't impressed with the Friday game. Saturday game, you know, okay, good job. And then the Sunday game, I guess there might not have... I just don't know. I don't know, like, 
Oh, he played Victor in the Sunday game. I guess he did lane really well against uh, the IMT mid laner. Yeah. I don't know, even just looking looking back at the score, like he didn't even have like an insane scoreline by the end of that game. That was just some uh, I don't know. This this feels like one of those where if it was Bjergsen still on the team, I understand it. But come on, man! Like if it's just an <laughs> average week for Poe, like do we need to give him player of the week? Let's eh, maybe maybe I'll allow it. Yeah, I guess because they got that win over TL in a way that was like it looks like a really strong performance. Yeah. That's true. I wasn't. I'm not too crazy about it. Like, Honestly, I feel like I would have given it if I had to pick a TSM member. I would have given it to Lost for the TL for the TL game because like he had a couple of plays that I was like very proud of to see of like going in and like solo killing Jensen in the late game and like salvaging some of their early two all ins like in the bot. Those those were good. And he ended he ended the IMT game eight zero three. Like come on, that's those are prime player of the week stats. Right. Yeah. I think I think they were showing. I, at one point in the broadcast, they were like showing um, Power of Evil stats after he had won. Yeah, <laughs> and it shows like all the stats for that game, and then like, but on the side, it shows all of his like stats in comparison to everyone else, and he's like seventh or eighth place in like a lot of those stats uh-huh. for like CSD and that sort of thing. It's like super funny. Um, so I don't know. I'm not too crazy about Power of Evil being the player of the week. I think he played he played well in those last two games. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't have. I was probably more high on. Some maybe a player on like C nine or Hundred Thieves, especially because Hundred Thieves had two, two pretty strong opponents this weekend. I was, um, and then I really liked the way that who he was playing set this weekend as well, especially in the Cloud Nine game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think those are both good, good honorable mentions for for that one. Okay, dude. So let's get right on into LCS Week Three. Yeah, bring it uh, on. For me, on for me, starting with Friday, um, I don't think I saw too many interesting matches, but I do. I am looking forward to. TSM versus EG. Yeah, I think that'll be a good one. Um, both teams, you know, TSM looking to to ride this high, and EG looking to kind of right their ship a little bit after back to back losses. Wow, dude, that was kind of poetic the way that you phrased that. I really like that. I'll give you one that's like not poetic here on a, on our Friday game. I, I and I'm just gonna I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna get dragged for it. I'm all all our all our viewers will drag. Me. CLG is gonna be Cloud Nine the first game of the day. You think so, dude? That would set a mood for sure. <laughs> that's what i'm feeling dude that's that's it's just you know i think it's gonna happen they just won their first game come on if you look just True, at their last dude. game clg 100 percent win rate it's cloud nine hundred percent hundred percent win rate in just game sixes in lcs spring 2021 so right yeah and on a side note i think i did see brock so sweet today some something about like there being good news yeah so i'm not saying he's gonna be here this week for this week's set of games and honestly i hope not because he, he hasn't really played with the team although dude I however bet, many reviews they might include him in <laughs> i bet if he does show up he'll just like instant sin like their blue side he'll pick it first you know c9 is gonna ban udir and lilia and he's gonna be like dude i haven't even scrimmed on these patches like what the fuck are what, who who is udir i've never seen that champ and he's gonna instant sin and then just like go tenno yeah i could see that actually <laughs> But um, but yeah, hopefully they get to get him in after week three. So for maybe for weeks four, five, six, that would be really cool if they can get their full intended roster in. Yeah, I would be excited for that. Yeah, rest in peace, Paul Belter. Rest in peace, Paul Belter. This is this is what was intended. RJS sealed. Uh, okay, you ready to move on to Saturday? Yeah, let's check them out. Okay, and then for Saturday, there's actually a couple big ticket games that I'm interested in. Um, first off, I was seeing C9 versus Dignitas. Uh, again, I'm just thinking that. This is Dignitas' chance to see if they can play with the big boys. Yeah. With C9 being a big boy. 
it could go it could be really one-sided <laughs> or maybe cloud nine will just give up stand tom kench and it'll be a lot closer than it really should be uh what do you think uh yeah i think i agree i mean we'll see i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to think if um think back to any like blabber dardock matchups like if uh if dardock has ever like gotten the better of him or anything like that because that'd be interesting just as uh in isolation a jungle matchup um you know and then fake out fudge that's kind of a 50 50 i think honestly uh mid lane you've got saligo versus perks which is uh you know i mean, i don't know i i think that perks gets the edge but we just saw you know 100 thieves pull out a dub against them so or wait it was the other way around never mind so yeah i don't know that's probably that's probably perks favored i don't know we'll see we'll see dignitas has has hopes they're they're riding they're riding a high for sure so i think it'll be a good game maybe we get the viego in that game i think so too <laughs> And then um, the next game I was looking at is going to be TSM versus 100 Thieves. Really the same kind of vibe here. We, we just got the third first place team challenging one of the, the first second place teams. True, that's so actually... I'm not sure how close this game is going to be. Actually, I really do want to give the heads up to 100 Thieves here. But at the same time, these, these teams are pretty close in the standings. It's really just one game away. And this is going to show, like, is 100 Thieves going to grow their lead in the standings? Or can TSM catch up as a third fourth place team so we'll see um and then just the way that tsm played in the last two games and even the way that 100 thieves played in, in their last two games as well from this past weekend i think they both looked really great so i'm excited to see this matchup this weekend yeah both these teams the tl killers you know just crushing their spirit getting a face off so i'm excited that's true that's <laughs> true the tl killers <laughs> did you want to say anything more about that match uh no i think that i think we've covered that or, yeah, I, I think I think I'm with you. There's not too much to say. I'm I'm just that what I'm just looking forward to. I won't make any bold predictions. Okay, and then the third game I was looking at for Saturday is going to be TL versus EG. Currently, they're both at three and three. So I want to see can is one team going to overtake the other um, during this weekend. So I was thinking that TL wasn't going to drop a lot of random games. It seems like they kind of are. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only three games out of eighteen so far. Yeah. So maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I still want to give TL the edge here. It's still. What did they end up? What did they end up in summer last season? I feel like this is almost as many games as I would have expected to drop in. Yeah, they were fifteen and three in summer of last regular season last week. So <laughs> if you uh, if you're slotting in that they that's their budget of losses, then here we are already at the max. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still have a lot of hope for that TL roster, so I'm not, I wouldn't be too down on them. I mean, they did have... It could be in the end that you look back on this week, and I suppose week two was kind of a tough week for games for them. Yeah. Because maybe TSM really will turn out to be a decent team, and they just had to work it out a little bit, and then so TL has to work it out a little bit as well. Yeah, I think this will be an interesting game after we see EG drop a couple uh, kind of head-scratcher games this past week uh you know this is this will be their chance to prove if they uh if they're kind of just playing up to their opponents or not because i that i could see that as a team as well that they're just really only trying to play against who they like respect and then you know when they play against these immortals teams then they're like ah what's what's this guy gonna do insanity revenge omega lol like these are solo players yeah, but that's when it gets turned on you, dude. True. That's when Jazuke turns when on his solo queue brain and they just start hitting. <laughs> right. Okay, and then finally to end it out with the Sunday games, we've got um, Dignitas versus TSM for a match I'm looking forward to. Right now they're both three, 
uh, third and fourth place. So I think by the end of this matchup, we'll see if any of those teams are still in the top four. Yeah, that's true. This will be definitely definitely two teams, I think, that are overperforming based on their their lock-in results. So getting them head-to-head is to see. Yeah, I think so too. Um, another match I'm... I'm more interested in the in the result, not so much watching the game. <laughs> is going to be Immortals versus FlyQuest. Um, they're both outside the top six right now, but you know a matchup like this with teams pretty similar in skill. I want to see um, what either side can do with the the rookies that they have. You know. Yeah, I agree. I think this is. I think this is probably actually a good stylistic matchup, kind of too. Um, like I think that in, in top lane you'll see Revenge and, and Licorice both are guys who seem like they're like prepped to play like counter pick matchups and really like kind of go all in on the 1v1 so i'd be interested to see what they pull out yeah so i'm looking forward to see that game well not really see it i just want to know who wins yeah and then the last game that i'm looking forward to for week three of lcs is going to be tl versus cloud nine i think that you know even though tl is technically a fifth place fifth sixth place team (laughs) i still think they're up there so this is going to be their first chance with c9 after the lock-in tournament who they beat in a best of five Although that was on a different patch, but um, yeah, I'm really fo- I'm looking really forward to this match, and I'm predicting it's probably going to be a banger as well. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, I think if if Lock-in Finals showed us anything, you know, that that these two teams play some some really high octane and high level League of Legends when they when they both want to. Um, so yeah, I hope I hope we get to see some reads of what we got in Lock-in. Hell yeah, dude, sounds good. Okay, I think we're out of topics to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I think. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have anything else. Did you see at all what happened uh, with the? I, actually, I forgot about this until now. Uh, did you see in the LEC they had a whole like remake scare like scenario thing? Oh right, yeah, we could talk about it a little bit. So I think that was um that was a Fnatic game, right? Where I yeah, it's, it's I I don't know too much about it, but I believe Fnatic was like pretty posed to win game one. And then yeah, something happened like, with the Samira ulti and her guardian angel, where like her GA went off, but her ulti was still ticking, and so they tried to they tried to pause and they tried to chrono break the game, but it failed. So the other team was offered a remake, and they took it. And it's like 11 p.m. in Europe when they played the the remade game or something like that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was like game four of the day. It's it's Fnatic versus like um, XL, which is like not a uh, like high tier team right and it's game four of the day and they go in and have to um like this bug happens and they have to play a full remake uh even though Fnatic like had ocean soul and had uh yeah they like have ocean soul they're taking baron they like get into scrap like after having like won a team fight they get into scrap with like some of the reigning remaining members and then this bug happens and they go into like this 30 or 45 minute pause and then eventually they get to the point where they're like, yeah, we can't chrono break the game. We're going to do a remake. And then they they say, but like, because it's taken so long, whatever, they're just like, we're going to do the remake at the end of the day. Because the next game was like the G2 Rogue game that everybody was like hyped to watch. And it was like their match of the week. And so they were like, let's just go straight to this. We'll give you t- guys time to like rest or whatever after this, you know, 90 minute, like just sitting around cause, like with game time and pause time included. It's kind of nuts because I think that um, like they didn't get they didn't show that on broadcast because it was like they they were kind of delayed and had already done the pause, um, but so that, so you didn't get to see the bug. But it sounded like it was at a point where it's like already like super fanatic favored like 
there's no way they would drop this game. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty lame. Like, of of course, but you know, the rules are the rules. A bug happened. They couldn't fix it, so they get the remake. Yeah, and that's it. And I, I I'm more bothered that it sucks that like so much time passed, and then they're they're playing a game at 11 p.m. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. That's the weird part. They have to do. They have to have the same picks because it's a like a remake technically, or how does that work? Um, I think no. I I think with the remake they actually redrafted like because and, and i forget like the reason the reasoning why but i'm pretty sure they actually redrafted and it was it was funny i think upset on twitter like made a joke about it afterwards because he got he got samira in the game where they remade and there was a bug and then he got samira in the or the yeah yeah so he got samira in the first game and then he was the one who got bugged on it and then they got Sabira again in the redrafted game so <laughs> he's just kind of like okay yeah you guys are really good at the game <laughs> Yeah, so Fnatic ends up winning in the end, right? Yeah, they still did. They still, I mean, they, yeah, they would have won the first game. They still beat them in the second game. It was not a, not a, it shouldn't have been a close matchup, you know? (laughs) That's a pretty interesting story from this weekend as well. Yeah, it's kind of the, uh, I think I saw somebody on Twitter say this is, you know, we haven't, we haven't hit true esports until, or esports aren't real sports until you get to blame losses on the refs. So it was a, oh, true, dude. A good little dig. That's pretty funny, one. actually. <laughs> this, was, this was our chance. Okay, and that's going to be it for episode three of On the Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on the service that you are listening to us on, if you aren't already on. And we'd also appreciate it if you give us a rating or hit the like button to show us some support, since we're a pretty new podcast. Right now, you can find us on YouTube, as well as your podcast player of choice, such as iTunes and Spotify, and maybe a couple more because of the way that iTunes distributes their podcast platform as well. We hope to see you all next week for another episode of On the Hunt. Thanks.